When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Clap, clap your hands and stomp your feet. You're listening. You're listening to the Clap Your Hands Podcast. Hosted by Elliot Shore Parks and Kyle Newbeck. Here they come. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Clap Your Hands Podcast. Brought to you by Odyssey Sports. Brought to you by Sports Radio 94 WIP. And today we're brought to you by one of the craziest nights in maybe Sixers playoff history. I mean, it's tough to say for a first round game that, you know, it's going to go down as one of the craziest games. But man, Kyle, you were in the building last night for that. Uh, I have lots of thoughts. Joel, the the actual win, Tyrese, but just overall, man, what a ugly kind of like crazy game that really throughout felt very much up in the air. Uh, first of all, how you doing? I know you're brooklyn there and uh you, you fought through some bad wi-fi to make this happen so i appreciate that, that. wi-fi you know just the late night last night all the <laughs> theatrics of that game and pre and post and just you know a thousand different things um it was good man you know road playoff games are always such a different experience because it's like it's the same thing with the players right it's just unfamiliar territory you're going yeah. to different places to to do work and to eat and to sit and you know just to take it in and it is uh for this franchise despite how crazy things have been for the last you know five to seven or i guess if we want to go back to 2013 when process and all that started the last like nine years have just been completely crazy and that i don't want to say it topped them all but it was kind of close to topping all of it um <laughs> for joel to not get thrown out for you know look we can parse whether he kicked mick claxon in the groin or not or was trying to but ultimately they ruled that he didn't or that wasn't where the initial contact was and so for him to escape ejection only for james to get ejected for what i thought was like it was a foul but i looked at the replay and was like really we're reviewing this like this is a thing that tony <laughs> brothers decided uh he needs to take time on so uh, it was just a, a roller coaster like i don't know what's coming next kind of night and you know I, we've talked a lot about tyrese maxi and his importance to this team on this podcast and you know lo and behold chips are down harden's ejected joel is i mean by far the worst game of the series and the worst game he's played in a while and Tyrese saves them like that's why we've said he's the third most important guy that you know this is the role of the guy who's you know that third guy is sometimes you're gonna have to call your own number and have that confidence in crunch time and so I, I just think that 
that was a really impressive final stretch from him. And as PJ said after the game, it's one of those games that if you achieve your goals, you win it all. In the end, you look back and be like, how the fuck did we win that game? Like, that, that's what those guys all think looking back. Yeah, so I saw that quote that you put up from PJ uh, after the game, and I think he's right. Like, this is a game that if they win the title, if they beat Boston, we look back, not fondly, but differently. We look back at it as, wow, they fought through and they won that game. And, you know, having had the night to sleep on it, maybe that is the right way you look at it, right? Maybe the way you look at this is, and you said it, you've said it in previous pods is the team finds ways to win games. Like they don't win this game last year. They don't win this game two years ago. They are a team that finds ways to manufacture wins. But I also think while the part of me that wants to be positive, the part of me that wants to come on today and say they're up three Oh, I challenged them to go win last night. They won, right? Like maybe it's as, it's as simple as that. I would be being dishonest if I didn't come out and say the thing that stood out to me most last night was Joel. I mean, I have come around on Joel. I am a Joel supporter. I was not at the beginning of the year. I, I think highly of him. We've had conversations about how he's passed Iverson, about how where he ranks in all-time Sixers. Like He's a great player. But I also know what he did last night was ridiculous. It was a complete bullshit effort game from Joel. And from the second that game started, you could tell that's what it was going to be. And I think that was the biggest problem with me. Well, that, the, to me, the biggest problem. When you can tell right away somebody's out of it and then he proceeds to have that exact game you predict him to have, that's a problem. That It's a flat-out problem. And to come out and kick Claxton the way he did, I've seen some people defend it like, well, you can't let him disrespect, disrespect you. No, you can. You can. You're the best player on the team. Let him step over you. Get up. Keep playing the game. It's not your job to prove your manhood there. They, like At the end of the day, Joel was extremely reckless with that kick. He could have been kicked out right away. Frankly, there were part of the games where I thought they would have been better off if he didn't play because he wasn't trying. He was basically pouting around the court. It felt like at times he was moping. And I will say, at the end of the game, he had that block, and that was big. But he had five second-half points. He was not the player. We've seen anything like it. And I don't think there's any excuse for it. I don't think like them being physical with him is an excuse. I don't think, you know, just whatever he had one of those games. I'm not saying you're saying that. I'm just saying in general, like it was an inexcusable performance from him last night. And it was, it was exactly what you're afraid to see from Joel. It's exactly like it gives you that pit in your stomach of, oh my God, here we go again. And it was just so disappointing to see that from him. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, so look, I, I think people will get mad at him for that game for different reasons, whether it's like turnovers or the 
the dust ups physically and all that. And you know, I had people in my mentions last night during the game. I tweeted like, Joel can't take the bait. That that to right. me, you know, I don't really care. Well, I care, but I don't care about a guy having a bad game, right? Like you shoot poorly, you do this, you do that, you turn the ball over, whatever it is that happens. Like all great players are not going to be great every single night. Like they don't win every single game. Nobody goes four, four, four and all that. So Joel having a, a poor game with the nets selling out to stop him again. I don't really care about that stuff. I do care that like this has been a season filled with, from our perspective, his teammates, his coaches, they give out all these superlatives and say, look, this guy has grown as a leader. He's more mature. He's more this. He's more that. Like the mental side of the game, he's much better. Mm-hmm. And to come into this game where it was very obvious, Brooklyn's down 2-0. They're on their home floor. They're at a physical and a talent disadvantage. They're going to come into this game and goon it up. Like a point blank period there was no way they were going to come into this game and just be like no we're going to try to out talent these guys from philadelphia like that just and joel has been in the league long enough and played long enough has seen enough and frankly has heard them in their press conferences and what have you to know like that's the plan coming in so to get sucked into it like i get it i saw people like ike reese for example who i love ike he was saying last night, like, he essentially supported Joel doing that. Yep. He's like, you don't let somebody, and I get, that's like the athlete mentality. And frankly, I wrote in my recap, like, if somebody stood over me like that in a pickup game, I probably would have done the same thing. I don't know if I would have kicked the guy, would have grabbed him or done something. But, like, nobody gives a fuck what I'm doing at LA Fitness when some dude <laughs> disrespects me. I'm not getting paid millions upon millions of dollars, and I'm not on the verge of potentially winning an MVP award and trying to compete for a title. So like that to me is a much bigger deal than anything else from that game with Joel. Like I do think he was okay against the doubles, like made some good reads, got them some good shots, certainly didn't shoot that well. And, you know, had some bad turnovers in that game. The number one issue by far is just like, look, dude, you got to be smarter and better than that period. Like the, we are long past the point of, oh, he's young and he's immature and he's inexperienced and he can grow from this. It's a lesson for him. Should have learned this lesson a long time ago. And we have not seen something like this from Joel in quite a while, which that in itself is a good thing. But I, I just think it was a, it was really disappointing to see him allow himself to get pulled into that nonsense. Well, so I agree with you. We haven't seen this Joel in a while when you consider all the regular season, but when you consider last year's playoffs to me, the Joel, they got, they got, excuse me, the Joel they got last night was game five and six Miami Joel right now. I know he had the face mask on in there and I'm sure that was terrible to deal with, but ultimately him and Harden against Miami were no shows in those final two games. And last night, Joel was a no-show. He was a no-show up until that final block. And the block was impactful. But at the end of the day, to your point, like he even said it after the game, and and correct me if if I'm wrong in this, paraphrasing him, but he said, you know, I know they're trying to get at me. I know that they know I'm really important. I have to realize how important I am. And he's at the podium talking as if he responded well to this. They, They got exactly what they wanted. Brooklyn came in and did exactly what they wanted. In the first two games, we praised Joel because 
when Brooklyn wanted to, you know, double him, he handled it perfectly, right? He did a great job distributing it. Great job getting rid of the ball. Last night, Brooklyn won the, the, the matchup and frankly, the coaching matchup too, if you want to include Doc in this, because at the end of the day, their plan of bullying Joel flat out worked. And to what you were saying about it being Joel, if this, if this team's best player was Tyrese Maxey or whatever, like, or Joel was in his third year, then it's different. Then we go, okay, this is immaturity. He's new to the playoffs. He has to deal with it. But this is the Joel we've seen time and time again in the postseason. So I'm trying to remain positive in that this team. No, is you're not. Trust. You're not really trying at all. Well, no, I, <laughs> I am. It's just I, I'm saying how I feel. Like, ultimately, this team, I'm still telling myself, has earned my trust. And Joel has earned my trust, I think. But man, it was just so frustrating seeing him last night and doing that. So, I mean, I don't know if you have anything more to say on the Joel thing. I feel like we've sufficiently beat him up for the first 10 minutes of the pod. But it was just, uh, he needs to come out better on Saturday. Like, point blank, period. You cannot come out on Saturday, yet tomorrow, and do the same thing. Like, we need to see a more into it, mature Joel on Saturday than we saw yesterday. Yeah, look, I just, I really only care about the the physical, like, nonsense like I people were when he got so he already has the flagrant after the klaxon thing and dayron sharp ties him up and people are like yeah. he arm barred him blah, blah, blah. And it's like dude i don't care he's on a flagrant and is like one step away from being thrown out of this game. Yep. and that is like look you have the early moment of frustration you dodge the bullet great you feel really fortunate about that you absolutely the rest of the game have to be on your best behavior in every single way and i don't think he was i think he skirted the line a few times he's probably fortunate to not pick up you know further text and, and you know maybe some other stuff just he with tony brothers he's already a chaotic ref you can't give him opportunities to influence the game like that's mm -hmm. essentially what it comes down to um, but i'm more positive on that game than you are partially because of the the pj tucker mentality like look we can go through and say, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. I, I did not think they played particularly well. But it does speak to a lot of what we've talked about throughout this year, which is, you know, mental toughness and resilience. And down the stretch of that game, they had every excuse to be like, well, we're packing it in. James got ejected. Joel's playing like dog shit. Even PJ, like, so we didn't know this during the game. I had assumed that PJ was subbed out of that game because Brooklyn was essentially ignoring him on mm -hmm. offense for a good chunk of the third quarter. They're leaving him open. He's not hitting shots. Come to find out later, Doc says he's dealing with a neck issue and was like Yikes. back in the locker room. And so he's calling for PJ, like looking down the bench, I want to get PJ in. And he's not there because mm -hmm. he's being worked on. He's got some kind of thing. And then PJ comes back in the game after what I would estimate was a pretty long layoff and have to actually look at when he subbed out and subbed in comes in with a neck issue allegedly. And it's just a fucking bull in a China shop on these offensive rebounds. Even when he's not getting the offensive rebounds himself, he's able to tip tip balls out to people or draw fouls on guys who are trying to deal with his physicality. And, you know, D'Anthony Melton, another guy last night, I thought was a, a big unsung hero James Harden gets ejected from that game. There's an entire quarter left to play. All Melton does is come in and play basically the entire rest of the game and makes impact plays on both ends of the floor. Like 
they MacGyvered this win. This was just like you're taking rubber bands and glue and paper clips and like assembling it all on the fly. And somehow, some way, they figured out a way to get a win. Now, again, obviously, Tyrese Maxey, the shot making and the poise and the confidence and all that, that was probably the biggest part of it. But if you only have that and you don't have, you know, the the glue guys making plays, Joel making the defensive play at the end of the game, somebody like George Niang hitting a three, whatever it is, Doc Rivers said after the game that that is like, if that's not a team win, then there's no such thing as a team win. And look, I think that in itself is heartening. Your best player plays like dog shit. Your second best player doesn't play the entire fourth quarter after being one of your best players for, you know, most of that game. I thought James Harden was pretty good last night. I agree. You still find a way to win that game like that. That's really, really good and a great sign for them moving forward. So, the reason I think it's only a great sign, so if they beat Boston or if they're really competitive against Boston, but either way, if if at the end of the Boston series, win or lose, we're sitting here and going, you know what? They were really good against Boston and they won or they were really good against Boston and they didn't. That's how I will view this game because this, while you are right, this is them putting together a win, almost like you piecing together your Wi-Fi, you know, just, just figuring it out on the fly. But if this is a game where it shows that they're going to win games they shouldn't on this playoff run, then yeah, we like the the NBA championship DVD will include what a tough win this was, right? But if in, against Boston, there's like two games of Joel not really trying or three games where they come out slow, then this could be potentially the first sign of the problem we've all feared the most, which is when these games get tough, when the playoffs you know really heat up, this is this is what they do. So I think they're ultimately their their success this postseason will dictate how we remember this game and kind of what it ended up being. But you mentioned James Harden. I did think Harden was really good last night. And I think the refs robbed him of a chance to have the moment that Tyrese had. And I'm happy Tyrese got it. But when they traded for James Harden, the whole thing was Embiid needs his second star. Embiid needs somebody to step up when he's not there. And I thought Harden was getting ready to do that last night. I think he had seven points in the third quarter before he was kicked out. Uh, completely unfairly, obviously. Uh, I don't. Even, I don't even know if there's a discussion to have about it, but he obviously should not. Yeah, have been I mean, I him. we all on press row, and so this includes national people, Sixers people, Nets people. We're all just like, did that just happen? Did he really just get thrown out of the game for that? So yeah, I agree. There's nothing to really parse there. Well, what's crazy is I'm watching it on TV, and when they're reviewing it, I'm thinking like. You know, because I was scrolling on Twitter, so I wasn't completely listening. I'm thinking maybe they're like challenging the foul because it didn't even really look like a foul call. Like I, I, and then all of a sudden I hear the ref go ejected, and I was like, I must have misheard that. Like, there's no way that's correct. And even Harden's reaction, you know, he just kind of walked off. I feel like he was just almost in such disbelief he didn't even really process what was happening at the time. But you know, I think that there was also this perception or this kind of talking point on Twitter of. Well, they're you know they're making up for the Joel thing. Like, no, that that's not fair. The Joel thing. It's not fair, but it was exactly where my mind went when it happened. <laughs> no, I agree, but that doesn't excuse it. I guess is what I'm saying. Like, like yeah. Joel should have been kicked out, but once you don't kick Joel out, you then cannot kick James Harden out later to make up for it. Like, once you've made your decision on Joel, which was the wrong one, Joel should have been kicked out. But once you didn't, you can't just kick Harden out to make up for it. Like that that that's not fair, but. Ultimately, I still think when he was in the game, I did think he played pretty well. 
Yeah, and look, I, I think you saw some of there were some positive signs that like we talked a, a bunch about his finishing. That's been a big talking point this re- week, right? Like why is James struggling at the rim? And I think the thing that was heartening was that he was able to beat guys off the dribble, even mm-hmm. when he was struggling to finish at the rim. And finally last night, it felt like instead of relying on, I'm going to take a, you know, eight to 10 foot push shot, several plays in that game where he just got all the way to the rim. And there were you know, other possessions in the first half where it's relying on a mid-range jumper. And so he didn't really get to that weird area where I think eight to 10 foot runners are, they might be one of the, it might be the hardest shot in basketball. It's part of why, even though Tyrese is really good at them, the coaching staff has been like, bro, you can't be shooting as many of those. Like you have to get your hand to the glass and shoot like real layups. That was a, mm-hmm. a conversation they've had to have with him over the years that thankfully he's corrected. And so I think Harden just making the effort and exploding toward the rim, not selling out for foul calls, that in itself has been a pretty, there. that was a pretty big deal in game three. And so to see that, and, you know, even with the ejection to put that on tape and you can show that to him and say, look, man, you clearly got it. You have the the level of physicality you need to get there and to finish in traffic and to get by guys and all of that. That's encouraging because, look, we talked a bunch about it. The mental side of it with him in the playoffs is as big a factor, if not a bigger factor, than the physical side of it. He's had these weird, checked out, distant performances in the past that those are part of what has defined his playoff legacy. Mm-hmm. So anything that's positive that you can put on film and use as reinforcement. Like I know it sounds insane for a guy who's top 75 first ballot hall of famer, former MVP, all that. Those guys go through crises of confidence too. Like they need to be motivated and told like, you got this dude. Like they're going to need a gentle push from whether it's Joel telling James, whether it's the coaching staff, Tyrese role players, whatever it is, that stuff is important too. And I, I think just for James to fuel that, to see that even he joked about it after the game, he said it was horrible watching from the locker room because he thought he was playing pretty well before he got ejected. So I I just think it it was good to see, I guess, a, a change in just the finishing. I did not like, I'd say the overall style of offense. I did not love. I felt like he was culpable for how the offense slowed down a whole lot and, you know, yes, he won a bunch of isolation battles, but I think the cost of that was they bled the shot clock a bunch of times, mm-hmm. and he almost put him in, himself in a box where he had to do those things, and that's not what you want to see. Like, yeah, if James Harden can beat a guy one-on-one, that's great. You don't want him to, like, purposefully bleed 18 seconds off of the shot yeah. clock so then that they have no other options there. So. There was some some bad to come with the uh, the progress as a finisher, but I think if you're if you're trying to look at the big picture, I think it's it's probably overwhelmingly positive with some negatives sprinkled in. Yeah, and and I think a positive there was when Joe. It seemed like Joel was off. Harden at least tried to step in and, and be that guy, and I think you saw that especially in the third quarter. There was that moment where. I don't know if he bumped legs with somebody. I don't know if they showed a replay. Out it looked he... like he bumped knees. I I, could, yeah. I know when you're talking about. I, we were all trying to figure it out on press row, and they didn't really show a replay, and he ended up 
running it off. So yeah, just a, a terrifying moment though, in terms of just like you see him and you're like, oh my God, here we go again. Um, so Tyrese Maxey, uh, I thought last night to me showed why the conversations we have about Tyrese, like his size in the playoffs, will he be able to do it? Will bigger teams be able to bully him? His long-term future in terms of, is he worth the max contract? Can he, is he just physically big enough to kind of be the impact perimeter player that you have to be, if you're going to be getting a, you know, big minutes in the playoffs, but also be the big money he could get like 40 million a year. This off he will get, I mean, I he don't know how get, much yeah. he's going to get, but he's going to make a lot of money. Yeah, for sure. So I thought last night was a good example of with some athletes, man, you just have to learn not to, not to doubt them. And Tyrese last night, like that, that's the exact moment where you're like, can he be that guy? That exact moment where it's like, when Joel's not there, Harden's not there, can Tyree step up and carry you to a win? And that's exactly what he did. And what I love about, about him so much, and I loved about watching it last night is, he's not afraid of the moment. Like on a team where I don't think Joel's afraid of the moment, I don't think Harden is, but like to your point, there is the Harden kind of playoff thing, Joel checked out thing. Tyrese has certainly had games where he's only had seven points, right? But he never looks checked out. Like Tyrese always looks ready for the moment. And I thought last night, and you, I mean, I'd love for you to speak on it being in the building. It felt like he was like, okay, it's my turn. I'm going to step up and do this. And he just did it. Like what he scored seven of, I think seven, nothing run almost completely by him. Like he was everything you wanted in that moment to look like the guy that moving in the future, you know, whether it's next round Saturday or next year, looks like the guy that has that it factor that you can, you can kind of believe in and build around. Yeah, I mean, 10 points in the final three, yep. I think 310 of the game. And at a time where offense was very hard to come by for both teams, it felt like both teams probably walk away from that game thinking, man, we missed a lot of you know potential momentum shifting shots. I think the Nets probably more so than the Sixers because they mm -hmm. had chances to put that game away that they just... Well, Dinwiddie can straight up not shoot. <laughs> like sometimes I think the perception doesn't always match the reality, but he is a horrendous shooter. We are going to have to come up with a term that is stronger than real free real estate in someone's head because Kyle Kuzma has set up like <laughs> he has like a monopoly board of real estate inside yes. of Spencer Dinwiddie's head. So I'm going to have to give that a think and, uh, Maybe after the series is over, we can come to a conclusion. That can be your homework for the game four pod if they uh, if yeah. they end it. So on Tyrese, like it just the thing that's always been remarkable about him. I wrote about him for this morning. I just think like it's almost it's a paradox in some ways that he clearly seems to have like the it factor. You look at him and how he plays. Like rookie year, he comes in, he's out of the rotation for long stretches of the year. He brought it up last night or was asked about it last night. Doc Rivers essentially came to him in his office one day. Tyrese had been out of the rotation for like two weeks. And Doc tells him, you're going to win us a playoff game this year. Mm -hmm. And true to form, Tyrese won them two playoff games that year. Like yeah. double Doc's expectations. Despite the fact that Doc was like not playing them and forcing them to develop in the background. So you have this like, organizational belief in this kid they can clearly see the work ethic is there the talent is there he's got the demeanor that he can shrug off bad shots or he can go on these like steamrolling runs in you know two or three minutes of time where he completely changes the game and then the other side of it is he's just this like 
really respectful, nice, kind kid. And a lot of times we, we can take that and say that like, that's a bad thing for an athlete in some ways, or it's like, this guy's not willing to, to call his number to be like, Hey, fuck you. I'm mm-hmm. the one who's hot right now. I know you're the star. I know you're Joel Embiid. I know you're James Hard, so on and so forth. And I'm going to take that shot. Like, that's a hard bar to clear. That's maybe the hardest thing for a good young player to do if they're not just wired that way. And he has somehow managed to straddle both of those things. Like, he scored 15 points in the first half, was their best offensive player in the first half, got one shot in the third quarter because Mm -hmm. of how the offense went. You know, they're playing through Harden, trying to get Joel involved, even though he's struggling. And, you know, a lot of guys look at that, especially guys who are trying to get a big payday or about to get a big payday. And they're like, dude, what the fuck's going on here? Why am I not getting the ball? Why am, why is this not my time? And instead of focusing on those things, he focuses on the right thing, which is I need to be ready when my opportunities come. And I think you saw the growth that he's made as a player, honestly, in that final three, four minutes, like, everything that happened it was like a different sort of way to score each way he scores right scores on a uh a runner where he just smokes cam johnson off the three-point line next possession down Joel sets a ball screen mikhail bridges goes under the screen maxi says i'm taking that three like you're gonna give me space i'm taking the three easy gets a steal on the other end so defense has always been a thing we harp on him for it's still like a looming concern in boston and milwaukee series potentially and makes a defensive play takes the ball himself scores a transition layup Mm -hmm. and then you know final minute of the game 50 seconds left it's easy to say well he was the hot hand you got to give him the ball but like to be tyrese maxi run an action where the play ostensibly is always going to be for joel and to say no I have the favorable matchup. I have Dinwiddie in front of me and I put in all these reps to be that type of pull-up shooter, that type of scorer in these minutes. And to do that, like, that's just, that's special shit. That's like Mm -hmm. star level shit. You don't see that from a lot of 22 year old guys. Like I think if he had been drafted higher, like for example, Anthony Edwards is doing this kind of stuff the other night against Denver number one overall pick so when he's doing that it's like oh my god anthony yeah. edwards is making the leap anthony edwards is saying fuck you carl anthony towns you pitiful loser this is my <laughs> team i'm gonna go out there and score and he did it like it ends up falling up short or coming up short in that game but people are like oh man the ant man is gonna be just something special when it's all said and done well maybe we should be saying things like that about tyrese like for him to show that level a poise of confidence and for the rest of the team to basically be like, yeah, just go dude. And, and to trust him like that. Like, I think that speaks highly to the level of respect that he is endeared from his teammates. Mother's day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue Nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones. Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast. Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. 
When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Man, he really does remind me so much of Jalen Hurts. Because I think of what, what you just said there is so true, too. Like, draft stock is so irrational when it comes to how people talk about players. Like, if a guy's drafted in the fourth round, it takes so much longer for people to be impressed by him than if he's drafted number one overall. Like, Tyrese, to your point, if Tyrese was number one overall pick and did that last night or had some, like, 33 points or whatever it was in game two, people would be talking about him like that. But but the other thing that you said that reminded me of Jalen in a way, but but also I think it's impressive for, for Maxi is, you know, you're right. In big moments, like calling your own shot can be tough. It's a different level of, of superstardom, but it seems like they want him to take those shots. It seems like they trust him. I don't think there's ever moments where it's like, why did you take that shot? Or no, that's my ball. Give it back to me. It really feels like Embiid, Harden, other guys on the team, they A, enjoy when Maxi succeeds. I think that seems very genuine. It doesn't seem forced. But also, they seem to really trust him. I think they, they they saw last night, and I guess Harden from the locker room, but Joel on the court, that Maxi had it going, and let's let him do it. And I think that is another step of, of becoming a leader, of becoming uh, you know one of, the, one of the leaders of the team, but also to his personality. He has kind of a carefreeness about him in a way, and I think that helps maybe things not get to him as much. And I don't want that to come across as he's not a hard worker or he doesn't take things seriously. But in the interviews I've seen or been in the room with him or even just watching him on TV, he has such like a a pureness of where it doesn't feel forced. He never feels upset. He's always just kind of like, I'm loving my life as an NBA player and I'm working hard to make it happen. And I thought last night was a cool moment for him, but also for the organization because you can really kind of look at it and say, okay, maybe this is someone we can count on for years to come in these big moments. Well, and that's the thing, right? I think all of this comes back to how hard that kid works. Yeah, I mean, and that's he, the Jalen thing, yeah. If he had not put in all these man hours and shot reps and all this, then you know he has a bad game. I think it's just easier for you to, to fall down that fall into that trap of, man, I'm not going to get right or this is going to spiral. And, and look, he did have a run this year when he was coming off the bench that post-injury period his confidence was not there. There were a lot of people who were like, Doc ruined this kid and so on and so forth. Yeah, that was a big I remember that. point, obviously. But as a, it's a credit to him that he was able to pull out of that to you know, refocus on, on what drives him. And I, I just think it's so much of this is we overcomplicate things sometimes, right? And this kid loves basketball. He works really hard and he just trusts that – if he works hard enough, he has the mm-hmm. talent and the drive to be as good as he can possibly be. And I think he's just content to live with whatever the results of that are. I, I just, there, there are not enough good things to say about him as like a, a member of the organization in terms of the example that he sets with the, the hard work he puts in with just his, his positivity as a teammate. Like you'd never hear a bad word from him. Well, a joking bad word from time to time about Joel, but nothing's here. It's always like trying to praise everybody around him and, and understanding that he's part of a collective and not just a, a one-man band. So, yeah, for a kid at only 22 years old to have these type of playoff moments while also not getting sucked into the, like, 
ego-driven world that he lives in. It's it's really remarkable, honestly. Yeah. So the last thing before uh, you get out of here, because I know you have a uh, a Sixers practice to go to. I'd imagine after last night, probably going to be quite a practice for them. Um, so probably just a film session, honestly. I don't I don't even think they're going to touch a ball today. <laughs> well, I guess I should yes. say it'd probably be an intense film session. Um. So this just tweeted uh, from New York Post: the NBA will review Joel Embiid's kick from last night. Uh, they probably review all flagrant fouls, so who knows? But I guess my final question would be: looking at Game Four. Do you think there's any shot Joel is uh, suspended? And also, I guess, what are you looking for out of them, assuming Joel does play? Um, I have to. I was actually planning on speaking to somebody at the league office at some point today. So I don't want to speculate on the suspension thing. If you're just asking me my personal take, Mm -hmm. I think it's certainly possible. Because it's one of those that when everybody thinks, oh, man, I can't believe he didn't get ejected. And it's such a big talking point. And then another guy gets ejected and then Nick Claxton gets ejected. Then essentially the ejections become the central story of the game. That is always going to weigh on people who are making these decisions, right? Like when a playoff game becomes, can you believe this guy got away with this? Like just human nature is going to be, something's going to happen. Maybe it's Mm -hmm. a fine, maybe it's a, they give him a game, whatever. I think it'd probably be extreme to outright suspend him because there's not unlike with Draymond there's not this long history of Joel like really crossing the line as a player yeah we'll see if that's the interpretation they come to as far as what I'm looking for in game four I'm looking for a sweep this is that's it's that simple last night and game two to a lesser extent showed without their best stuff they are still the better team here right and if they win they have at minimum, at minimum, a week off where they don't have to play. Could be even longer than that, depending on what happens with uh, the Celtics-Hawks series and the various other series in the first round. So that's what's at stake here. Joel was getting banged on and grabbing his knee and grabbing all kinds of stuff last night, wearing a just absolutely enormous ice bag around his knee last night. Said he was doing all right, but like, this is the playoffs, man. You're going to take a beating. So if you can get a week of rest and recuperation heading into what we all expect is going to be an absolute war with the Celtics, that's as valuable as it gets this time of year. So that's, I don't care how they do it. I don't care who has to be the leader. I don't care if Joel plays. I don't care if Joel doesn't play. They got to get that win and just move on to the next round. Yep. Go in Saturday, get the win, stay healthy, protect Joel, even if he's pouting, protect him, get to Boston healthy and get that week off. I agree with you. So we will have a pod for you, hopefully, after a series ending win. Uh, maybe probably not Saturday, probably do the pod for you guys Sunday morning um, at one point. Get Kyle back to Philly, man. You know, get get him back to Philly with the series over. I'm That's coming back end. to Philly either way. It's just you are, yeah. if I'm coming back with uh, another game to come to. <laughs> Yeah, so um, thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, appreciate it, as always. Make sure you hit that auto-download button. You get all the episodes first. You get them all quicker. You can also check them out on the Odyssey app. So until next time, hopefully after a Sixers win, pal, I'll talk to you uh, on Sunday. Talk to you guys soon.